Thank you, Lord, for your word. I want to talk to you today about you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. I'm telling you, it's a time for the word to be exalted. You know, Psalms 138 verse 2 says he's exalted his word above his name. I'm telling you, the word has to have first place. You know, in, in John chapter 8, <clears throat> verse 28, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He. I do nothing of myself, but as a Father hath taught me, I speak these things. He that sent me is with me, and hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. And as He spake these words, many believed into Him. Then Jesus said to those Jews that believed into Him, If you continue, abide in my word. Then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free, and be not again entangled in the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. Jesus is the truth. When Jesus met the disciples on the road to Emmaus, And he said to them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have said to you. Slow to believe all the prophets. I want to tell you something. Every word in this book is inspired. Every prophetic word is inspired. We just heard a prophetic word from the Lord. Don't just take that as something man had ideas saying. God's speaking a word. And you know it says when Peter says in chapter 2 Peter 2, 1, he says... When we was on the mount, we heard God say, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. But we have a more sure word of prophecy. For holy men of God spake and wrote as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We heard him say it, but we have something more sure than what we heard. It's the written word, the prophetic word. You can take it to the bank. And it's time for us to rise up to the level of believing what the word says. And the disciples said when they was rehearsing, After he made himself known in the breaking of the bread, they said, Did not our hearts burn within us as he opened to us the scriptures? I'm telling you, these scriptures are just as live today as they were years ago when they were spoken. You got to let it arise in you. Let the word of God become flesh in you. and, And so he opened the scriptures. We are living in the time and the present reality of what Jesus paid for. We are living in the truth of what Jesus paid for. Our victory. He paid for our sins. He's victory over darkness. He's break the bonds of death. Jesus has the keys of death and hell. For he says that he took the keys from him. He spoiled principalities and powers. He did it for us. He didn't do it for himself. I want you to realize, it just hit me about two weeks ago, when the devil saw Jesus, They said, the devils, and you know the devils, there's no truth in them. They have no truth in them. But when they met Jesus, they knew he was king of kings, Lord of lords. They knew he was the son of God. They said, have you come to torment us before our time? They didn't know the truth, but they knew the truth because he was the truth. They recognized him as truth. Have you come to torment? Torment us before our time. 
Satan knows he's defeated. All heaven knows he's defeated. Yet most of the church people still hope someday he will be defeated. I'm telling you, he has spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, not for himself, because he already was, but for us, so we could rule and reign in Christ Jesus. We see when Jesus said it's, uh, it is finished, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, <coughs> believing in the integrity of the word of God is our basis of our faith. It is written. Now listen, believing in the integrity of the word of God is the basis of our faith. It is written. The reason for unbelief and faltering faith is a lack of confidence in the integrity of the promises of God. We got to believe the promises. Second Corinthians 7, 1 says, Having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. What's he saying? You've got all these words. You've got all these scriptures. And they're made for the cleansing. What did God say in Isaiah 55? So it's 10. For my word it was not returning to me more, but it will accomplish what I've sent it to do. You'll go out with joy and be led with peace, and the mountains will break forth into singing. So shall my word be that goeth forth. It won't return void. It'll accomplish what I sent it for. So we see what he said about the word. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, has, and it talks about having these, dearly, these promises so we can be a partaker of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Add to your faith virtue, knowledge, temperance, God, and his brother, kind and charity, and if these things be in you to bound, he said, they make you that ye neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of God. But he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and has forgotten. He was purged from his old sin. Wherefore the rather, brethren, be diligent. Quickly, be diligent to add these things to your faith, to the word of God. Faith comes by what? Hearing the word. The word, Isaiah 53. Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? See, Jesus is the Word revealed. The Word became flesh and what? Dwelt among us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same within the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him. God thought it, Jesus spoke it, and the Holy Ghost created it. Beautiful picture. Beautiful picture. He is the living Word. <coughs> We've got to have confidence in the Word of God. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will never pass away. And he also said, think not that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I've not come to destroy, but I have come to fulfill every single word they spoke. Every single word they spoke, I've come to fulfill them. He couldn't say it was finished till he finished all of it. Then he said, it is finished. The very Word of God. We are living by the Word of God. He's called us to. We see we even get saved by it in Romans 8. It says, the Word is nigh thee in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the Word of faith that we preach. What? The Word of faith. The word, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart you believe into righteousness, and with the mouth your confession is made into salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon his name while he is near. 
Hebrews 11.3, it says, It's by God's faith we understand that the worlds have been framed by the word of God so that what is seen hath not been made, has been made out of things that don't appear. The word of God was framed so that what is seen hath not been made out of things which appear. And God had to, to say, let there, God had to say, let there be, and there be. Light sprang forth when he said, let there be. <clears throat> God and his word are one. Say it. God and his word are one. God and his word. God said to the Pharisees and scribes, think, think not that I'm going to accuse you in that judgment day. He said, I'm not going to accuse you in the judgment day. The words that I have spoken to you, the same will judge you in that final day. I remember the first time the revelation of that hit me. Hey, you can look into the word of God now and let the word judge you now. You don't have to let the word judge you someday. Let the word judge you now. The words that I've spoken, the same will judge you in the last day. Whew. He named the word. God named the word Jesus. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him or with him, and without him was not anything made that was made. You cannot separate God from his word. Genesis twenty two sixteen and 17, God said, By myself have I sworn that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and the sand of the sea. That was a promise to Abraham. Can you imagine what he thought when he heard that? This was God's promise backed of the covenant with Abraham. Romans 4, 17, he says to Abraham, I've made you a father of many nations before whom you believe, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. Not only call the things that are not, they leaped into being, but he watches over his word to see that not one, Jesus said, not one jot or tittle will fall from this until all be fulfilled. You can take this word to the bank. And the reason I think we've, the, the church has not reverenced and respected the word like it should. You know, when the enemy comes in and takes that word out of your heart, he don't want that word in you because he knows something. What? He knows that it's going to come to pass if you hang on to it. That's why he wants to take the word of God from you. Romans 4.18, speaking of Abraham, he says, Who in hope believed against hope to the end that he might become a father of many nations according to that which has been spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Giving what? Glory to God. When the angel spoke to Abraham, he didn't try to believe. He simply acted on the word. What did Mary say? Be it unto me according to your word. He just acted on the word of God. <clears throat> Hebrews 7.22, it says, By so much more hath Jesus become a surety of a better covenant, established on better promises. We have these promises. We got a hold to these promises and believe they're going to come to pass. I want to, let me read, uh, what do I want to read? I want to read Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 3, in the Passion. 
Beloved friends, this is now the second letter I've written to you in which I've attempted to stir you up and awaken you to the proper mindset. So never forget both the prophecies spoken by the holy prophets of old. What? The prophets spoken by, the word spoken by holy prophets. Okay. And the teachings of our Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, mockers will multiply, chasing after evil desires. They will say, so what about this promise of his coming? Our ancestors are dead and buried, yet everything's still the same since from the beginning of time. But they conveniently overlook that from the beginning of heaven, the earth were created by God's word. Created by what? Come on now. He spake in the dry ground separated from the waters. Then long afterward, he destroyed the world with a tremendous flood by those waters. And now by the same power of the word, the heavens and the earth are reserved for fire, being kept for judgment day, when all the ungodly will perish. So, dear friends, don't let this one thing escape your notice. A single day counts as a thousand years to the Lord Yahweh, and a thousand years is one day. This means that contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promises to return as some measure lateness but rather his delay simply reveals his loving patience towards you because he does not want any to perish but to all to come into repentance the day of the lord will come and take everyone by surprise unsuspecting as a home invasion the atmosphere will be set on fire and vanish with a horrible roar heavenly bodies will melt away in a tremendous blaze the earth and every activity of man will be laid bare since all these things are on the verge of being dismantled, don't you see how vital it is to live holy lives? We must be consumed with godliness while we anticipate and help to speed up the coming day of God. When the atmosphere will be set on fire and the heavenly bodies consumed in the blaze, but we all wait. We trust in God's royal proclamation, God's word to be fulfilled. There is coming a new heaven in quality, a new earth in quality. With righteousness, we'll be fully at home. So my beloved friends, with all that you have to look forward to, may you be eager, be found living pure lives when, when he comes, when you come into his presence, without a blemish, filled with peace. Keep in mind that the Lord's extraordinary patience simply means more opportunity for salvation. Just as dear brother Paul wrote with the wisdom that God gave him, he constantly speaks of these things in his letters, even though he writes some concepts that are overwhelming, hard to understand, which unlearned and unstable twist to their spiritual run, but as they do the other scriptures. But what? Loved ones, since you are forewarned of these things, be careful that you're not led astray of the errors of the lawless and lose your grip on the truth. Listen, don't lose your grip on the truth. It's, this is a time we've got to get more and more into the Word of God. But continue to grow, increase in God's grace and intimacy with the Lord, Savior Jesus Christ. May He receive all the glory both now until the day eternity begins. You know, we read, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse our hearts and our flesh and our spirit. And it says, perfecting holiness in what? The fear of God. I want you to see something. The fear of God is the thing that keeps you from evil. Every one of us, I want you to see in, in Isaiah chapter 11, this talks about Jesus. There will come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the Holy Spirit. 
the spirit of wisdom, understanding, the spirit of counsel, might, spirit of knowledge, and fear of the Lord. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge after the sight, nor reprove after his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. We need the spirit of the Lord to rest upon us. But saints, you need to pray and ask God to give you the spirit of the fear of the Lord. To help keep the fear of the Lord is clean and during it's the beginning of wisdom. You need a, whole, a healthy dose of the fear of the Lord. And to watch what we say. We've got to guard our lips and guard our hearts. Keep that heart with all diligence for out of it or what? The issues of life. We need the word. The word is always now. It has been, it is, and it will be. The spoken word is the word of life. It's never old. It's always fresh and new. It's in our hearts. As we're in union and fellowship with the Father and His Son, the Holy Spirit, the word is present tense. It's the living, active word of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, in the Passion, it says, We have the living word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. We have it now. It's always, it astounds me when we read these books that we read in the coffee shop, was written in the 20s and 30s, how fresh and alive and powerful the words are in that book. They never get old. They're as fresh today as they were the day they were written. They apply as much today as they did when they was written. And that's the word of God. Second Corinthians 10, 4. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God are pulling down the strongholds, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Reasoning. Reasoning. That reasoning will get you in trouble. You've got to trust the word, not your reasoning. So for the sake of your traditions, he says, the rules handed down by your fathers, you set the word aside, depriving it of its fourth, and make its authority of none effect. Jesus said your traditions make the commands and word of God of none effect. That's astounding. It's none effect to you. But God's word is not going to be altered. Amen. It'll come back and bite you. That's what he said to them. Reasoning never gives place to the Word of God. It's not subject to God. The natural mind cannot be. Romans 8, 7, the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. Reasoning can rob the Word of God of its authority in your life. Don't allow that. We're living in a time when reasoning has to be stopped. It has to bow to the truth. It has to bow to the Word of God. We know that His Word is authoritative, as authoritative today as it was when it fell from His lips. Silver and gold, Peter said, have I none. But such as I have, give I unto you, the crippled man. Rise and walk. He knew something about that word. Rise and walk. I think God's saying it's time for you to begin to stretch forth your hand and heal. And that signs and wonders is going to be done in the holy name of Jesus Christ. That that word is going to be given first place in our lives. And, that, and that's what he's saying. It's time to rise up and believe that. You know, you look at that, Jesus' lips, hushed the sea, quieted the winds, raised the dead, cast out devils, fed the multitudes. The word, Jesus said, the word that I speak is the Father's word. I don't speak of myself, but whatever he tells me to say, it's going to happen. See, we got to get to the place where what? When we speak, we believe it's going to happen. Scripture says he's going to confirm the word of his servants and the counsel of his messengers. He what? 
confirms the words of his messengers. And the Lord with his disciples, what? Confirming their words with signs following. We got to allow the word of God to live in. Let the word of Christ live in you richly. And all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. It's time to let the word of God. Jesus was the word that became flesh. Jesus wants his word to become our flesh. 